Hey everyone, welcome to The Legal Life, episode 17. My name is Sam Shinazi. My mates call me Shinazi, you can do it too. I'm here with my colleague and my good buddy, Nathan Brooks. We call him Brooksy. Brooksy, top of the morning to you, my friend. Oh, morning to you, Shinaz. How have you been? A lot better than you, it sounds, my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit under the weather, but charged through today. The show goes on. The show goes on. How was your weekend? Well, yeah, it might have something to do with it, Shnaz. I had a um, good Saturday Arvo down at Surly's Bar. It's uh, Surrey Hills. It's a hipster sports bar on Campbell Street there. It was uh, really good. Great place. It's got four screens, music, really old school sort of American sports bar. Uh, great food, fries, wings, burgers. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I, I posted a photo on our Instagram account of what the bar looks like. It's such a good place for a sit-in. There was NRL, AFL on all afternoon, so it was pretty good. And they've got the old American beers. You've got your um, Sam Adams, your Blue Moons, your Coors, ticking a few boxes, and the PBRs in the fridge. I was waiting which for is it. Good. Waiting for it. That's good. <laughs> what else you get up to? I finished The Walking Dead. I sort of put that on hold while I was watching House of Cards. So I had it all recorded on the IQ box at home. And not good. Oh. And the f- ending was pretty good. It, it gives people something for next season. But overall, I was a bit disappointed with the, the latest season of it. I'm yet to watch an episode. I see all the ads and I'm intrigued and a little bit horrified. But uh, I'll definitely get around to it at some point. But yeah. it's got a lot of critical acclaim. Yeah, it was good at the start, and it's sort of just slowly going downhill. But uh, yeah, if you're a fan of that stuff, um, you probably enjoyed it. But yeah, I I wasn't too impressed. But I started watching this other show on the back of um, them getting a Logie nomination, Schnaz. Utopia. It's from the Walking Dog guys. <laughs> Sorry, I nearly said Walking Dead again. Um, working Dog it was. Rob Sitch, Tom Gleisner, Santo Chilaro. It's... It's a comedy based in an infrastructure company um, that has a lot of dealings with the government. It's amazing. Rob Sitch is the lead in it. And there's a couple of the comedians. If you watch um, Have You Been Paying Attention? There's a lot of those Aussie comedians that are on there that are in the show. Yeah, it's a very good show. I suggest people watch it if they've got Netflix. Now, that interests me because I grew up watching The Late Show in particular. My brother, a bit older than me, got me into the degeneration and all that kind of stuff, which... Rob Sitch and Santo and Jane Kennedy, all those people are involved with. So I'm very interested in that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, they're gonna, we're going to look back, I reckon, in decades' time and go, these guys were so pivotal for Australian comedy. Like all the stuff they've they've busted out, you know, have you been paying attention to one of the popular shows on TV now? Well, I mean, you the think panel, about the panel, yeah. That was, was amazing. That was cutting edge for years. Yeah. And it wasn't that, you know, the idea was just sit around a panel and talk about current affairs and get someone on the end to sing a song but they did it so well remember rob sitch would spend half the episode looking at glenn robbins like when he delivered his one-liners every 10 15 minutes it was such a good show glenn definitely um helped that show along yeah how was your weekend schnaz yeah it was pretty good brooksy pretty good caught up with some friends and had a bit more social time than usual with the young fella out of town for a few days i went to a place that i pretty much have grown up in the town hall hotel in newtown used to be a lot more credible than what it is right now you've taken me there one or two nights yeah yeah yeah. it used to be a real haven for um musicians and it still is but over the years they've had a bistro and the people running it come and go and it's you know it's it's good it's not so good it varies but i was there on thursday night and i reckon i had the worst meal i've ever had in my life and i have to say I don't really complain about food. I'm not one of those people. I'm not overly picky about the quality of my food. But I had, a, I just had a, you know, simple burger, <laughs> a beef burger. And man, I thought I was going to die after I had it. And I actually didn't get sick, I should point out. And I'm not telling people not to go to this place because I, I will still go there. I just probably won't have a meal for a little while. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you just you have something and you think, oh, I'm a goner. Oh, I'm going to be in bed for a week. And, and my friends had the same thing and they... Yeah. Had that... Was that look around the table? Everyone's looking at each other going... That impending doom feeling. But no one got sick, I should point out. I also played a show at the Vanguard in Newtown, which is a pretty fancy musical venue. Played with some really good acts. Uh, James Harrison from Melbourne. And I also caught up with a guy called Perry Keys. Now, some people might know Perry Keys. He's a Sydney musician, singer-songwriter. He's almost like the Sydney Paul Kelly. Not as popular, but still popular in his own right. 
and he's a mad South Sydney fan, and he wrote a song called The Day John Sattler Broke His Jaw. And it, it it's obviously, the title has got something to do with the song, but it's really a song about growing up in Redfern at that time and working class and all that kind of stuff. If you're a South Sydney fan, you should go check out Perry Keys, K-E-Y-E-S, his music. But if you just like just good singer-songwriter kind of stuff as well, he's a very, very talented man. He tells me South's going to win the comp. Yeah, I was going to say, what did he? what's his feeling about the team? Yeah, he thinks they're off a little bit at the moment, which is pretty apt. But he did also think they were going to win on Friday night against the Roosters, which they uh, yeah against the, which they didn't. So can't tip them all right, right, Schnaz. Like after I saw your score last week, it's just case in point. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I got to do a commercial for this stuff. Mmm, <laughs> boy, that Hennigan goes down smooth. <laughs> and afterwards, you don't even smell. <laughs> That's right, folks. I just had three shots of Hennigan's and I don't smell. Imagine, you can walk around drunk all day. That's Hennigan's. No smell, no tell, scotch. Brooksy round six is complete in the NRL season 2016. Done and dusted. Some of us are laughing, others are crying. Listeners of this podcast know which way that is going at the time. Things we liked and didn't like from the round, Nathan. Why don't you start us off? Well, we'll go through game by game, like some of the things, because there was so much either way. Yeah. Um, let's start off in Brisbane, shall we? What I really liked about the Brizzy Broncos, league leading Brisbane Broncos now, Schnaz, Anthony Milford's grounding on that on that last one of the last tries of the game. How good was it? Where they put the kick in, Ben Hunt's put the kick in. It's bounced up. He's caught it and. As he's landing, planted it at his feet, probably half a foot from the in-goal line. It was just an amazing show of athleticism from the MILF. I'm going to go just segue right into what I didn't like about the game, and it was mm. the Dragons, episode two of St. George Nilawara. Mm. Again. A, an offshoot from the Dragon then. Oh, God. Schnaz, they have to be one of the only footy teams to go up to Queensland for two weeks and not score. Like, it's been ridiculous. Like, I have to say, I was, some, yeah. I was watching this game at the Town Hall Hotel yeah. with my friend Ariana, who's a, who you've met. Yeah, she's, yeah, a, she's Steelers a Steelers fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got to say, and it's not usually my style, yeah. I was giving it to her. Really? You were giving it? Only because oh. she gives it to me about the Sharks. <laughs> but I was like, oh, she actually left at about the 60th minute of my life. Yeah. And I saw her the next day, I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. You can do it every now and then. I was at a pub in Crow's Nest, just not too far from work here. And um, you should have heard the collective sigh of, gro- of groans throughout the game every time the Dragons dropped the ball or bombed a try. Like, it was like there was Manly fans. It seemed like there were South fans and, and fans from all different clubs, but they just wanted the Dragons to score or do something. And it was just, oh, why are we watching this? And yeah, it was disappointing. It looked, there was two major things that I, I can't, I, I'm seeing from them that's not working. It's their fourth tackle options. Like they're, they're running to the side. They're not even, they're not even setting up for a, a quality fifth tackle option. And they're not utilizing overlaps. I saw you and Aitken and Dugan. Like, for instance, if there was a three-on-two, Dukes would cut back into the third defender in the line and not run at the center. Or Aitken doing the same, a two-on-one, and just running at the winger, like trying to run down that channel to the winger and not popping a ball. It's just a shame. It's just a shame, that, you know, they, they can't really put some points on. They've played the two hardest teams in the competition away. But anyway, but the yeah, the stat for me... Um, that, I, that I don't like about the Dragons. Six tries this year. Next next best is Newcastle with 15. Hey, man, that's a... Teddy's got eight. He's got two more than the whole Dragons squad. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's move on to something positive. Schnaz, what about the Roosters-South game? Was there anything that stuck out for you? There was a big redhead that stuck out for me. He looks like a grandma, you would see. I, I, he's got that red rinse in, like... A, it's, it's Is it a rinse? I don't, have I don't know. It looks like it. it looks like a Clairol, like autumn red or something. As I told you guys, I played a show on Friday night, a musical show gig, and then I came home and I recorded the game and I watched it and uh, I didn't know the score and I just sat back with a with a nice drink and uh, I was watching it and it was pretty apparent early on that 
Napa was going to... Uh, is it Napa or Napa? Napa. I thought it was Napa is in the Napa Valley. Okay. Napa's... Yeah. He was going to inspire his team if, if he was going to have to do whatever it took to get them across the line. And he was just smashing blokes, particularly in the first half. Yeah. Uh, it was an inspirational effort. It was all pretty much above board. There was nothing really... You know, he's just yeah. a hard-hitting man. His his runs were good too. They played a lot better. 80 minutes. He played 80 minutes, Schnaz. And this is yeah. something that we were talking about with the Roosters' forwards. None of them had really stepped up, especially their their veteran forwards that they have. So 44 tackles, 152 metres, and a try. And of those 44 tackles, probably five were bell ringers. Yeah. The Burgess guys, were the brothers, were just going backwards. And that's you don't see that. Yeah. Uh, so it was a great effort, and the team all around played a lot better on the back of that, and they notched up their first win. The Napa Valley in the States is known for its Reds, its Merlots, its Cab Savs. I think you've got to add Dylan to the wine list over there now. <laughs> He's one of the best tasting from, uh, from the region. Uh, I'll tell you what else impressed me, the Parramatta Eels. Now, I'm not going to go off too early and say they're going to do this or do that during the year, yeah. but what they have is a very solid all-around football team. And what impressed me most was that they notched up some points. I would have thought they would be, you know, winning games by two and scoring sort of eight to 16 points. Yeah. But they scored 30 plus against a pretty good Raiders team so far this year. They were a bit off their game, obviously. And the good thing too is they're going up by sixes. They've got Michael Gordon there who can pop them over. So there's none of this like four points that they they were generally, you know, or there was 62% last year. So just over most of the time they were, they were converting. But Corey Norman and Kieran Foran were amazing. This was early on in my session at Surly's. Mm. So I, I, I was watching quite a bit of the game. They were awesome to watch. Mm. Very clinical. Four try assists for Corey Norman. I don't think he's done that throughout his career. And how good was that uh, Kieran Foran try too, Schnaz? Pete's away to Foran. Foran goes through. He's got the fullback in front. Of Norman. There's no problem for the defence for Whiten, but that step, that was Brad Fittler. And, and you don't see that often from Kieran Foran. Yeah, normally he is just going to the fence and trying to supply some space for his runners. But you dare not forget him, the man with the ball, on the inside of Papali comfortably. And then Corey Norman's off contract this year, isn't he? I, yeah, I think he is. Let's, so, yeah, let's oof. not get into the whole ka-ching, ka-ching. off-field Parramatta situation. We'll leave that for the Parramatta pundits and the, the people that like the drama. But, yeah, it, whew, they've got to look to re-sign him. They might have to it, drop half their team. <laughs> yeah, they could be. Well, Junior Polo's going to Canberra. Hopefully that covers it. But you know what else is good about the game, Schnaz? And both ways, too. The Ricky chant from the Para fans. Yes. It reminded me of, remember that old uh, show back in the day? Um, Ricky Lake and they used to do Love the Ricky go Lake. Ricky go it reminded me of that it wasn't the same but it was good uh, it had people dancing in the aisles at Pertec and it was good I appreciate the fact that they're still thinking of me you know it was good banter he mentioned it was I, I hate to say it, but I think even Ricky's maturing a little bit nicely these days he's a slightly different man although he's got a pretty good team well let's not forget some of these players like Corey Norman are from the Ricky Stewart era. Mm. So this is what people sort of forget when when teams are built and, and playing well. You know, yes, it, uh, a lot has to do with Brad Arthur and a lot has to do with the current squad. But sometimes it's the coaches, GMs, you know, player managers that that really craft that team together and put them together. So, yeah, look, Ricky's probably, like, got a, you know, thinking in the back of his mind, you know what, the success is sort of from my doing as well. Now, Brooksy, Saturday night, I was out and about getting dinner for my family and myself. Oh, I know a hunter-gatherer. That, a hunter-gatherer. Yeah. I know that everyone would love that ideal situation where you just sit by all eight games all week and watch it. But it's sort of impossible for some people, and I'm one of those people... Especially, I say, I say unfortunately, but I don't really mean unfortunately. And you can read into that how you want. But in this day and age, I'm walking along down King Street, Newtown, like a little hipster that I am. And in my ears, I have the commentary on. Oh, and nice. I was listening to the start of the Penrith Cowboys game. 
and I heard the ABC coverage of the first try being scored. I'm sorry to hear that, Chaz. Well, well they, they, <laughs> yeah, they no, at least um, yeah. captured the energy and excitement, yeah. and it did sound like a heck of a try, and I went home and watched it. And Hopefully they do on radio. You're like picturing it all happening. <laughs> it was, actually. Hopefully they're not like, and it's a try. So that was a highlight of that game. That was a fantastic try, and it was actually a pretty good game. I watched it back, a pretty good game. Yeah, the interchanging play of Wateen Zalesniak and Tamare Martin. Yeah, it looked really good, Schnaz. Um, they, they're two of the bright stars for the future for the Panthers. I'll tell you what I don't like. Yeah. I don't like Tyrone Peachy and Elijah Taylor missing out on first grade selection. And I, Taylor's already missed a few games. He's been snubbed. And he's come back for a few and then now he's out again. And Peachy now seems like he's on the outer. Mm. Uh, there's 15 other clubs who wouldn't mind that kind of talent. And... What do you think about that? I, I mean, Anthony Griffin has a bit of a history of, I'm not going to say warring with players, but, you know, having... My way or the highway. Well, yeah, that and having yeah. just sort of these fractured relationships with them. Obviously, they can be repaired in the Peter Wallace instance, but I don't know, two very talented players. Well, in terms of both of them, Tyrone Peachy on the Dragons roster would be a great fit off the bench. Well, just like hold your horses. Like hold your horses. But, hang on. No, hang but that's on. what I'm saying, Schnaz. There's, I, and I'm sure a lot of the other teams in the league could fit a Tyrone Peachy on their bench. He is from the Shire. The Shire's not too far from Dragon Den. <laughs> Who knows? Like, this is it. Like, if, if they're serious about it, they're not using these players and they might want to clear some room in the future for some of their upcoming stars coming off contract that we've mentioned. Cartwright... We've got Watine Zalesniak, Mansour's playing well, Moylan, a bit what, of bump-up money for him. What NRL club wouldn't want Elijah Taylor? Like, I'm not going to talk about Peachy because everyone knows I love him to death. Yeah. Elijah Taylor, making 40 tackles, yeah. hit-ups, minimal errors, I would think. Oh, I'm sure the Warriors would want him back at a heartbeat. If you, yeah. <laughs> heartbeat. Heartbeat. If you know he what, Brooksy? I'm seeing the big picture. I'm seeing the headlines. Elijah Taylor returns home to New Zealand. The peach back on the beach in the Shire. Oh, there it is. You've done it. There we go. See what else I don't like? What don't you like, Shaz? Crowds being in danger at football games. More of a serious one, this one. I actually saw it in yeah. my own eyes. My little mate, Rocco Hyington, who I met in the preseason. Oh, yeah. Chris's young son. He's How cute's his little you? Legend. He's a legend, little kid. He pulls kid. the thumb and the... Pinky up and does the shuckers, the you. Very, very so nice cute. little fella. Uh, yeah. As the world would have seen, he was injured, thankfully not too seriously, uh, after the game on Sunday at, what do we call it now? Southern, Southern Cross, Cross Group, Group Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. So Of Woolaware. What happened was the players, their kids are allowed on the field pretty much straight after the game just to hang out with their dads. Yeah. And... So they were starting to sort of thank the crowd and that kind of thing. And the song was still playing. And then everyone just sort of looked to the right or to the far end of the ground. And I saw it with my own eyes. All the players just rushed to this little sort of golf cart and were lifting it up. And then, you know, I saw someone drag a kid out from there. It was Chris Hyneton with his kid. And it was, it was honest to God, it was like, you know, one of the most startling things I've ever seen. And, and just everyone just held their breath. It was yeah. very, very serious. And thankfully, he's okay. And, and even in the in the moment, Chris Hinton sort of almost held him up and said, look, he's okay. And he showed him off to his mum. And then they, they rushed back with a doctor past us into the sheds. And he, you could tell he was just very shaken up. Yeah. But I would imagine there'll be a big investigation into that. I believe what happened was a guy was putting all the signage away, the um, inflatable signage. And he put it into the buggy. It hit the accelerator. And it hit young Rocco. So, I didn't well, like, like his that. dad, he got back up and he was... Yeah. He was okay. He was okay. So, we we ask everyone to be careful when they're out there on those beautiful fields of ours. Um, I'm going to segue into a off the field what I don't like. And it involves driving, Schnaz. And it involves a former player and current Fox Sports employee as well. Johnny Gibbs. Well... Asterix current. 
Well, he's on the he's on the Sunday. He was punted after oh. three weeks. I want to hear your story, though. Okay, well, it might be. Sorry, I haven't watched Sunday Ticket in a while. Um, Dead set was punted. So maybe it's got to do with his performance in front and behind the uh, behind the camera, Schnaz. I was turning onto Pacific Highway, and um, you know, sticking to my lane, like the TLC song once said, "Stick to the." Ri- oh no, no, no! There was no lanes. Anyway, I was sticking to my lane. And I was, you know, enjoying my drive into work. You're a good driver. I've been in your car. I'm a, I've had one accident. Hey, we can all have one or two here and there. It was a wet night, you know, anyway. And I'm driving along on, on or coming around the corner at St. Leonard's onto the Pacific Highway. Right. And this Porsche station wagon nearly cleans me up. A Porsche station wagon? Yeah, like a Cayenne, I think. Cayenne? I don't know, the C-A-Y-E-N-N-E. Okay. I know, I thought it was like a, a pepper a he, he, of some description. But this yeah, person Porsche come out of their lane. Come into my lane. Into Like lane. from the inside lane into the middle lane. And I've got on my horn, I've said some, used some colourful language to the Porsche and looked into the window and it's bloody Johnny Gibbs. <laughs> Former man, man <laughs> and like Johnny Gibbs. Winner. And I was like, there's two UE in Fox Sports and uh-huh. stuff. So I didn't know where he was going. He ended, he was heading here. And I was like, God, it's so funny when you do those things. Like when you, when you're here, when you're on a, you know, have a traffic like incident and you might blow up at someone and it ends up being someone you either know or someone famous. It happened to me a couple of years ago with my grandpa at a roundabout. And this guy was turning around and I was like, what is he doing? And then I looked and it was my grandpa and I went, oh, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But uh, yeah, it was something I didn't like, his driving. So I thought I'd add that in after the whole Rocco Hyington situation. We are exclusively recording this podcast today in the Fox Sports building. So if yeah. we see him walking around, I might grab him and ask him what he was up to. And just watch where you're walking, Shinaz, because, you know, he might he might I, shoulder charge you at any time in the I, corridor. I don't mind carrying a coffee, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll tell you what fascinated oh. me on the weekend, Brooksy, and I'm going to give you just a tiny little bit of back history about my life. Yeah. And I have people that can back this up. Not that you, I know, I know you'll believe me, but I'm a big stickler for the game stopping. Yeah. When anything out of the ordinary happens in the field... So say a streaker runs on, I want to stop the game. Yeah. Say there's lightning and hailstorm, I think it's best we stop the game. Like they did on Anzac Day yep. last year. That was that was the right thing to do. Penalty kick for touch. The ball boy throws the ball back onto the field. Then someone from the crowd throws the ball onto the field. Let's get this sorted. Stop the game until. So rewind to Sunday up at in the Hunter. And all my nightmares came true. We had an incident, and we're going to play the audio now just to get you in the mood. Second football on the field at the moment is laying inside the Tigers 20. That might be a factor here as the Knights chase through. Oh, the ball was kicked. Well, it was a factor because Rankin put the ball on the ground. There was a football flying past his right ear hole. As he was trying to make the catch. Well, you called it was. You said there was an extra football on the field. Watch this ball come past Rankin. You see in the background, Sims kicks it and it puts Rankin off. He, he has a look. He looks up and sees the football coming at him and comes up with the error. Just when you think you've seen it all, boys. One of the strangest incidents we've seen. We're going to knock back, ground it in goal. We've got a goal line dropout. The ball came out of the stands, I do think. Someone kicked the ball from underneath the com box right here. While the game was still in play. You've seen the football out there. <laughs> Brooksy, for 20 years plus probably, I've been worried about this situation. You would have to say inadvertently led to a try minutes later. Oh, it, it's now, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I say it's a nightmare for me, but I also think it's awesome too. Yeah. And I actually, I don't mind what Gordon since the, I, that's He wants to win the game and they won the game. And he did anything he could to win that yeah. game. Didn't hurt anyone. Yeah. If they're going to let that be a fair play, well, who are we to say it wasn't? I'm sorry, Tigers fans, but that's a part of home field advantage. I I liked it. I don't look. 
I, I think at the end of the day, yes, you've got to call that back because now, uh, yeah. there's gonna, you know, rugby league, uh, yeah. there's going to be balls on the field every week now. Craig it's going to be like Pac-Man or something. Like people are going to have to dodge so many different things out there. I, I think for the good of the game, it was a bad incident, but for us as punters, it was yeah. pretty funny. As a neutral fan, I thought it was the funniest thing, like the reactions, watching the slow-mo of Corbin Sims, like running, looking, he, he catches like a slight glimpse of the ball and beelines for that ball and just toe pokes it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't aiming for Jordan Rankin. He was. I think he, you reckon uh, he was. 100%. <laughs> if you watch that, there's a replay of him head on. And he, he's almost smart about it. He, he, he's just eyes on Sim, eyes yeah. on Rankin. Yeah. But he has a little look down. And the, you watch yeah. his yeah. steps towards the ball are perfect. Yeah. At pinpoint. Yeah. He's mighty. He does. And, and the perfect thing about it too was if he hit him, it probably would have stopped the play. Yeah. So the fact that it didn't hit him, the ref was like, oh, drop it, you know, error. But yeah, and another great thing about it too, Schnaz, 21,000. 653, mostly Nova Castrians attending the game. Famous for it, Brooksy. Last on the ladder. 2005, was it? They lost their first 14 games or something like that. And they were still getting huge numbers. And obviously, we're not at that point now, but incredible response. I mean, there's not a lot to do up there anyway, but. But. Lovely beaches. They love their footy team. And yeah, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. Great for the team. I mean, you look at other teams who have that, even this year, who haven't had great success, and they're pulling eight, 9,000 people at the most, maybe, yeah. some 7,000, but to get over 20,000. Like, the Dragons got 12,000 down at Wollongong on a very nice day against Penrith, and, you know, this was the Knights-Tigers. The Knights yet to win a game, and nearly nearly doubling that is a, is a great effort. And congratulations to the Knights and their fans on that one. And the last game of the round, Schnaz. The Bulldogs Storms. He's back. Kieran Holland. The Ice Kieran Man. Holland, sorry. The Iceman. Yeah. Those eyes. The girls are loving it on Twitter. Supercoach fans the like blue it too. Eyes. Yeah. Put him in my team and uh, bought him for, I think, $113,000. Oh, well, there you go. Little, little tip well, for you. Get him, get him while you can. Yeah. You'll go up after next week. And yeah, he, he was impressive. His goal kicking. Well, we didn't even touch on. Trent Hodkinson, yet to miss a goal. I think he's 15 mm. from 15 this year, Schnaz. And so Kieran Hollard's five for five. So it looks like while Chase Stanley's out, then he's going to be their preferred centre choice. I've got a tip for you. He's my preferred choice anyway over those There two. we go. And Sam Perrett was good. He saved two tries. He dominated that matchup against, the, um, against Marika Corabetti. You know, he plucked that ball out of the sky against him like he was I thought he was the game win- that matchup was the game winner yeah Perrot's, Cor- Perrot's in, in sorry Brooks, yeah, Perrot's in veteran status mm. and he's the sort of player like like you imagine if the Dragons signed him say this year or next year you wouldn't be like over the moon about it but you'd sort of you'd be indifferent I would suggest yeah. but then when he was on your team you'd probably appreciate what he does for you yeah very strong game from Perrot yeah, and oh. he saved two tries, as I mentioned. And Cora Betty was just, yeah, I think he dropped the ball five times. You know, so he dominated that matchup. And James Graham, oh, again, you, he, I sent you that photo and I put it on Twitter, uh, put it on Twitter of him sitting on a sofa Solomona, Nelson a sofa Solomona. I have to say to That's all of our lovely. listeners, Brooksy, yeah. and I can say this unbiased because. I have very little to do with our social media. Yeah, I'll get on there sometimes and do stuff, but you're the mm. king of our social media. And if our listeners are not following us on social media, at the very least, please follow us on Twitter because you can read the antics of my colleague and podcast buddy, Nathan Brooks. I'm going to embarrass him here a little bit. The funniest person I know. And... I moments. get to I get to experience this at least five days a week every week of my life, but well, sometimes it feels like seven. But <laughs> you guys should follow us on Twitter just for that reason alone. Yeah, at League Life NRL guys, get on it and send us some questions and stuff as well. That'd be yeah, I'm pretty funny, eh? <laughs> yeah, send us some questions. It was a crazy week, Brooksy of but- NRL. But yeah, and, and the thing with Graham too, I just wanted to mention this too, Shnaz. Like you saw at halftime when he was walking off with Jared Maxwell, he was complaining about something that was happening. I didn't quite pick up on it. But 
when he talks to the referees, he's polite and succinct about an issue. And that's something that you don't really see that much of in rugby league. And people were saying that he's a whinger and stuff, but listen to him when he does talk. Like, he goes about it the right way and how a captain should go about things. It's only when he has those extreme situations, which in his career in Australia we've seen probably three or four times, he can overstep that a little bit, be a yeah. bit confronting. But you're right. I, I mean, I, I think that he's... He's almost, and people will think this is a bit weird, but he's almost gentlemanly in the way he talks. I can understand the Storm fans having a bit of a gripe with him after the grand final incident with Billy Slater, yeah. but like yeah. he, he's come a long way since he's then, I think, come a in long terms way. of how, how he behaves on the field. And yeah, I just wanted to give him credit for, for something that, yeah, people, people were pretty much hating on. Been good so far, he's good again. And looks upfield, Lillahir, he's got pace. Gets to Latrell Mitchell, gets beyond Latrell Mitchell. Oh, Roger Chuvasashek, what a story this would be. He gets away from Sean Kenny now. And it announces the signature that halfway through last year. Brooksy, it's come to that time of the show where we like to hear from our listeners. And we appreciate each and every bit of feedback we get. Now, the first question is going to blow your mind, Brooksy, because it involves two of your main loves in this world, and that is rugby league and NBA basketball. So why don't you, why don't you ask the question from this great uh, listener of us? Yeah, so from the NRL CEO Twitter account, we got a question, Schnaz. Do you think that an NBA-style luxury tax would work in the NRL? I definitely see some merits from it. So if you're not too familiar with how the NBA works in terms of salaries... Uh, they have a salary cap like us. Uh, I think it rough, or it's going to change next season. But um, for argument's sake, let's say it's $65 million. So teams can overspend that $65 million, but they are taxed. So for every dollar up to, let's say, $80 million, they have to pay dollar for dollar as a tax. And then after that, it's $2 for every dollar they spend. That taxed money then goes into a pot and divvied up evenly amongst the other NBA teams uh, that haven't exceeded the salary cap. And look, I think that has merit. It definitely does. Um, I'm not too sure in the climate with the NRL in terms of a lot of most of the, uh, all the teams in the NBA are privately owned. Uh, we've got some cr- clubs struggling to keep um, running a profit, their clubs. So to dangle that carrot in front of owners and uh, board members, and which we've seen in recent times hasn't been too good, uh, it could end a club. And I don't know if we really need that little, I guess, that, that there. Um, yeah, so it would be good for clubs to so, sort of dig themselves out by signing players and having a successful season, but it's not guaranteed. Yeah. And we've seen that in recent seasons of play, yeah. of teams signing some big names and, and them not performing. I think in, you know, 10 to 20 years, it might work when all the teams are hopefully on more of a level playing field. But yeah. at the moment, you could almost see it crushing a club. Yeah. It's that swing of like you're spending more money and then that money is going to the other clubs. It would be good if, if clubs were savvy enough to go, you know what, we can only spend what we can afford so we can spend the seven million and then if other clubs like like your broncos and and canterbury and and teams like that 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 can go a bit over then yeah they will go over and that money will filter through to the other clubs that that's a good thing i like that that sort of money cycles around but i i could see it being a bit ominous for a few clubs who might overspend their means and schnaz i've got another question here it's from Daz, who runs the Rabbitohs podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of his work. Yeah, very good podcast for the Rabbitohs fans out there. Do check it out. He's doing this new rating system of the players, like he up and down arrows, the hot and cold sort of players in the team. I, I really like it. It's a good feature of his podcast, among others. Uh, here's his question, Schnaz, and this, one's, this one is aimed specifically at you. Are the Sharks the real deal? Or are they just prick-teasing their fans once again? Well, let's keep this G-rated, please. <laughs> uh, good question. Good question. Thanks for the question, Daz. Uh, 
we're what six weeks into the NRL season. Yeah, Sharks are four and two. Some pretty good wins. Uh, the improvement in the team is very strong in that they can now score some points when needed. I think if they can improve on their defence and stay injury-free, then there is no reason why they won't be a top-four team. I'm not saying they'll be there, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be there. Yeah. And then I think, like any time of the, in, in the finals, you know, it's it's a bit of a flip of the coin. How, how you perform yeah. on the day and a bit yeah. of luck. Are they the real deal? Yeah. They're the real deal this year. I like them. I think they're definitely a top four team. Kick through by Hastings. Quera will score. Aiden Quera. Yeah, I think he's put it down cleanly. Brooksy, we're going to get into round seven now. Talk a little bit about each game. So we're pretty much a quarter of the way through the season. Mm. Everyone's played six games, 24 games in a season. It's flown by. In the regular season, that is. Yeah. Flown by. We have the classic contest of... Manly v. Para at Brookvale to open the round. Yeah. Now, Manly have won two games. They're 2-0 and without their cherished halfback DCE. Yeah, and I think it's Appy Coruscant's the main reason there, Schnaz. He's been pretty good. He's done... He's he's run well. He's set up the play well. It's... I like this... I like this movement of... Um, like we talked about it last week, and oh, actually, I might have to say here, Steve Maddai, who I said that if the Eagles keep playing like this, he might have to be pushed two tries the next week. No worries, Steve. I just thought I'd uh, give him a shout out there. But yeah, no, he played really. He played well. I think it was one of his better games of the season, and I think they're really gelling together. Uh, you know, without Cherry Evans, is is the million dollars a year. Spent wisely, yeah, I, th- I think so. But look what they're performing without him. Yeah, it's one of those things the media love to grab onto. Oh, yeah. DCE, they can yeah. play without the million-dollar man. Yeah. Well, that's a great bonus, isn't it? Yeah. But any team would love DCE, so let's not get carried away with those shenanigans. But once he once he comes back into this team, like they're going to have options. Like Let's yeah. say they bring Coruscant off the bench. Oh, yeah. like They're going to give it to you for 80 minutes. Yeah, they're, they're improving every week, Manly, and they yeah. had a good win against the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Surprised me a little bit, actually. Yeah. Parramatta were just clinical against Canberra. Yeah. And I'm starting to believe that they're going to be a week-in, week-out, you know, clinical team. They're not going to win every game, but I think they're going to be in the contest every week. Yeah. We've already spoken about how well-rounded their team is. Yeah. Um, Michael Jennings got two tries. Yeah, they're still maintaining the best defense, just under 11 points per game. And that's where they're not going to get blown out. Like, I don't see them getting blown out in games because no. the defense is so good. Yeah. And that, if if Norman and Foran are clicking, and, and this is this is going to be awesome, Schnaz, Foran back at Brookie. Yep. This is this is potentially going to be, or with the, up there with the Broncos-Cowboys game, probably one of the games of the season so far. Yeah, we love a good storyline here on The yeah. League Life, and Foran going home is one of them. Yeah. I think he's going he's gonna to lift. He's a quality player. Are you worried about Semirad Radra, Schnaz? I'm worried about his try-scoring feats. I'm not worried about him as a player. But with Jennings inside of him, who's also a target now for the power attack, I mean, Jennings famously is not a great passer, and he also has the ability to get over the line. So yeah. in a way, they're blessed. Yeah. So you wouldn't, as a Parramatta fan, you wouldn't be too worried. Yeah. If anything, someone's, it's a strength. Someone's going to be crossing it's over It's a strength. There. Yeah, go to yeah. the left. Hmm. But, you know, I think for people who are fantasy players or betting people... Yeah, the people that have got Semi for leading tries. Yeah, on. I think that that could be a bit of an issue. But he's going to get enough tries to make people happy. I don't know about everyone happy, but he's, yeah. he's not going to stop scoring tries. He's given Teddy a six-try lead early on in the season. I, I just don't see him catching up. So, look, it's going to be a great game, Schnaz. I... I, I don't know who to tip. You heading out there? I honestly no. I'm working. Okay. I'm working, so I'll, I'll be here. But uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't know who to tip in this game. Well, as you've already told everyone, you know, I got three out of eight last week, so I'm not tipping anyone anyway. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. Hey, I, it could be could be even at after eighty minutes. Who knows? Cowboys Rabbitohs. Some good games this week, isn't there? Cowboys oh, yeah. Rabbitohs. 
Now, last time they met Brooksy, I remember it very well, yeah. was later on in the season yep. in 2015. Mm. Souths were on a real roll. I think they'd won four out of five games leading into this game. The Cowboys were were doing well themselves. Yeah, and and I think everyone was talking about Souths going back-to-back even. And they, they won. They had a really good win up there, and it was their last win of the year. They, yeah. they lost, I think, four or five, including a, yeah. a final or two. So, interesting matchup. They're the third team to embark on the Cowboys-Broncos double. So, obviously, the last team to do that didn't fare too well. And Parry did it at the start of the year and got one and one They were both home games, though. But, yeah, look, uh, the Bunnies get back Adam Reynolds for the game. Which is crucial. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. The kicking game has been very poor. Can you tell me, has Cody Walker been dropped? Yes, yeah. So, look, they've gone for Luke Keery over Cody Walker. What do you think of that, Schnaz? Oh, look, I don't know if I could pick between those two, but I don't know if I'd be leaving Cody Walker out of my 17, given the things he's done for them this year. Yeah. I think he's a great talent. Yeah, I definitely... it's hard to it's hard to see how you would um, divvy up those minutes if you did have all three in there. I think all three are, are fairly specialist halves. And maybe you could, I, I don't know where you could play Walker. Like, I, could you see him out in the backs, like in the centres? Maybe unless Kiri goes the hooker or something. I don't think like from memory from looking at his tackles, I he he's made a few, but he's made missed a couple as well. So mm. I don't know if you'd. You could run all. Th- you could run all three at, at at the back end of the game, or at least they have some depth there, which yeah. is the positive. Yeah. Now the Cowboys, they've won five straight up in Townsville and twelve of their last fourteen, and they've really put some numbers up this year up at home. So and the defense has been good. Yeah, the two shutouts. I'm a bit worried for the Rabbitohs here. We said before that they've they've beaten them last time. Yeah, you know, and their and coach is they, a very good coach. So I think they match up well with the Cowboys. Yeah, just okay. outside backs probably a bit thinner. Like not having Alex Johnston there to finish is is an issue for mine. It's a but, tough road trip. Yeah, it is tough. And the Cowboys, they seem like they're just gaining strength. Uh, yeah, it's it's if if the Bunnies get this one, it'll be a really good win for them. That could be the real deal. Ooh. Now, a game close to your heart, my friend. Oh. This is the end of the uh, the tour for you guys. The Sunshine it? Swing. No, well, they did come back. The Dragons came back home Are you this week. Me? Yeah, they had to. They didn't stay up there for all three weeks. They had to. What are they doing? Who's running this club? Is it Peter Dowst still? We went to oust Dowst. That's what they No, I think it's a smart move. They came back. Um, they they, they, thought, they thought the cooking. state isn't working for us. Let's yeah, get exactly. out of here. Exactly. Come, come back to New South Wales. You know, get your coffees from the cafe that you used to go. You know, there's your girlfriend. There's your wife. There's your kids. You know, oh, some of them might have been up there with them. Good chance to get up, get some sun. But they came back home. Two double bageled against the grand finalists mm. in the past two weeks. My favorite bagel, a double. Oh, they have looked very bad, but look, they, they could could be able to put some points on against the Titans. Why? Why are you saying that? I, I'm just saying it because <laughs> the Titans didn't make the grand final statements. and the other two teams did. You can't throw out statements. They could put some points on. They haven't scored for 100 years. They're yeah, going to score this good. week? It'll start flowing once ah. they do get some points. So you're saying the Titans aren't as good as the Cowboys and Broncos? Yeah, I, I'm saying that. But Tough team. you would have knowledge... Of the Titans, having mm. watched them, what did you think of their performance against the uh, Sharkies last week? A very physical team, very physical performance. Uh, I think you're in for a bit of a battering this week. Yeah. If, if they can maintain that level of physical activity, it'd be good with forwards clash, actually. Your forwards aren't too bad, and they've got some great forwards. Uh, it's going to be a case of young halves against the veteran halves. Yeah, Benji's back. So, I think Benji's going to actually put in a really good performance. He's been... Bash from pillar to post, as they say, for the last few weeks. And yep. he's going to be out to prove something, that he's still got something. And you know what, Brooksy? I'm very, very wary of knocking a champion. And at times in his career, he's yeah. been a champion. So let's yeah. see how he bounces back. I think that, as you say, you'll be a lot closer to a win this week. And who knows what's going to happen up there. But uh, the Titans, you know, they're a solid team. They're, yeah. they're not going to necessarily win the comp this year, but they're a solid team. And their halves did impress me. 
Yeah, Cullen's try looked really good. Like he looked strong, and he's he's had some unfortunate incidents in his um in in the last few years, and it's great to see a story like his and see him on the field and and giving it his all, getting a chance. He, he I remember when Elgie got injured that they signed him. Um, he wasn't playing rugby league. I, I don't think at the highest level at the time, and he's come back and he and he's giving it his all. And I, I really like their halves. I obviously Elgie's coming back next year, and it probably won't be these guys. But they've got a chance while Tyrone Roberts is um, injured, of course, to put on some good performances. Like Taylor's kicking game has been phenomenal. I, I've thought like his short kicking game in particular. And uh, yeah, look, I think I think the Dragons shouldn't like they should be thinking they're playing a Cowboys or Broncos type team when they go to the Gold Coast because they're going to get they're going to be in for a tough match. Like Dukes, like going back to last week, he ran for two hundred eighty seven meters, which is all well and good, but if you're not scoring any points, that's a problem. He has to start setting up the play, you know, making those runs more effective in terms of setting up for tries or even scoring tries, maybe even passing the ball from time to time might help. You can't fold him what he did last week. It was a, it was a fair performance in a in a in a bad loss. All right, that brings us to the end of the Dragons Den. Now we have <laughs> the Bulldogs taking their home game to New Zealand to play the Warriors. They're coming off a great win against the Storm on Monday night. Yeah, we discussed a little bit. The Warriors have made some changes. I've noticed Brooksy is Robson injured or he's dropped. Which... I think he's dropped. I think Lola Hare's in the halves now. Okay. Yeah, they've um. And Fusitua comes onto the wing. Yeah, so we've been hinting at that for a little bit now, and we'll see how that goes for them. Isaac Luke has settled in nicely. He's had a try, try assist. He made 30 tackles against Manly. It's all about, I think, shutting down that fullback, RTS. Yeah, Trent Barrett and, and the Eagles did that last week. They limited him to 25 touches, Roger Tuovasa-Shek which is um, pretty much his fewest since the first game of the season, I think it was. And yeah, he, I guess, you look at his meters and I, I was looking at some of the stats and I think we might be doing something for that or might be doing something for that game. But last year when the Roosters played the Bulldogs, he got in excess of 260 meters all three games. So I reckon they'll be looking back at that tape and seeing how effective he was against the roost uh, against the bulldogs when, when he was with the roosters and i think manly's game plan last week was perfect okay in terms of handling him okay so yeah. desi will be ready you think yeah i, th- I think so i think it's going to be like again this is going to be a big forwards match as well like the mm. warriors pack and the bulldogs pack you'd have to back in the bulldogs pack at the moment is playing well for the bulldogs as well he'll be He'll be going, coming up against Sean Johnson, which should be a good battle in itself. I think that's where the game's won, actually, Brooksy. Now you mentioned it. I think if the Dogs' halves can play out of their skin, then they'll win the game. But I think if if Shawnee and Lollahia can get ahead there, yeah, they might create enough points to win the game. The, the Dogs aren't huge point scorers, yeah, but they do rely on their defense, which is pretty good. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. And I think it's going to be a big game for the Warriors. They don't want to keep slipping down the ladder. No. Especially Hedry McFadden. He's uh, almost at the bottom rung, I think, of the ladder. Yeah. Next up, we have the Broncos and the Knights, Saturday night. The 1988 derby. Yeah, so Broncos' fourth straight game in Queensland. Don't they have a really tough draw, Schnaz? It's always really tough for the Broncos. And the Knights, the Knights will well, be coming. They, they are playing a Saturday night, aren't they? Oh, yeah, Saturday night at home. That's it, tough. Yeah, it's it's a bit tough. That'll, but yeah. that'll put them out of their routine a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll show <laughs> them. Yeah, it's night, though, so who knows? But, yeah, the Knights coming off their first win, yeah. uh, as we touched on earlier in the podcast. Dane Gagai could be a, could be a key figure in this game, I reckon, Shaz. He's now at fullback. I don't know what's going on with Gago. He's been solid this year. Yeah. I feel like he's missing a few players to kind of spark him a little bit because yeah. in the years gone past, he's been really, really exciting to watch. Whereas now it's almost like he's he's the man and he's got to like do it from scratch. So yeah. I'm not doubting that he doesn't have that talent to do so, but I'm a little bit confused by Gago's role in the team at the moment. Yeah. 
But I think this will be an interesting clash in that I think it'll be closer than what people probably assume. Yeah, I think so too. The Knights are a tough team, and, and look, they don't have a lot of superstars in their team. It's a very young team. But every week they're getting more experience and they're getting better. And Browns, Nathan Brown's getting used to what he has and what he has to work with. And I just think that... I think Brisbane will win and, and win win well, but not by a thousand points. Yeah, see, I, I after the game, after the Tigers game, I saw Dane Gagai and Trent Hawkinson and they embraced after the match and a lot of the Knights guys were celebrating mm. a tough win mm. and there's something about I, look I know they're down the bottom at the moment but there's something about that team that I, I can't shake like are there, are oh look as I said they're so young generally speaking and ex- inexperienced yeah but they all have talent the guys they're picking like you look at the how do, how do I pronounce it the Safidi brothers yep and they're monsters of I say men but they're really boys yeah. And they're, they're really growing into their role, the NRL, and they're not taking a backward step. The yeah. Sims boys are now there, the two Sims boys. Yeah. And I, I do think that with a bit of luck and a little bit of improvement in their attack, that they're, they're definitely going to be competitive every week. Yeah. And that's the thing. People look at the ladder and they go, oh, Newcastle, they're close to the bottom. Yeah. They've, they've what won and drawn a match. Woo, yeah. Big deal. Yeah, but they... They're growing. They compete in the yeah. games and if, if it blows out it's towards the end of a game yeah. which you expect with young players so yeah. I think you're right in that there's definitely a spirit growing and a, and a good bond with the players and I, I would never say they're going to be easy beats I mean it's a very proud club everyone knows it's a proud club and I think they sort of skim over that a little bit yeah I've got a feeling that that four point loss to the storm a week ago could be yeah. could be where the season takes off for them you know the first four weeks, yeah, they they had some big losses, and and now I I just got this feeling about them. The Broncos weren't good against the Dragons, and like the scoreboard says, they won by twenty six. But the scary thing is, they weren't really on until the last like ten minutes of that game, and and that's that's if they if they perform like they did against the Dragons against the Knights, I think they're they're gonna have some problems. I'll tell you what's looking tasty is Sunday, 2 p.m., the very talented Canberra Raiders against Mike Cronulla Sharks. It's going to be a good match. I think that two teams that are in for big years, I'm I'm certainly not chalking up as a win or anything. I think it's going to be a very tough road test for the Sharks. I definitely think whoever wins the forward clash wins the match. And I'm not overly confident that my boys can match it the whole game with with uh, Canberra, but of course I'm not, I'm not sh- I hope I'm wrong, but Canberra, Canberra losing yeah. by a bit yeah, also stings me. You mm. know. Another Ricky Stewart team that he'd coached mm. previously. Mm. So I remember that guy, yeah. Ricky's past is flashing before his eyes. Sharky's going for four straight. Four straight. Yeah, there, so, that's, that's, a, that's something to look forward to. Something else to look forward to. For uh, the neutrals is the Josh Papali, Paul Gallen, mm, which rivalry. started down there. Yeah, it was the semi final. It was 2012. Yeah. Gal Gal claimed a few cheap shots. Yeah, I mean I'm sure Gal's aware of the definition of cheap shot, but uh, he felt a little bit of pain in his back, and yeah. uh, it was Papali. And Papali's a great player, and he's yeah. only getting better. And you're right, it's going to be a really good clash actually between those two. Uh, you know, neither of them can take a backward step. Yeah, I'm going to big some of your boys up right now. Three right. of them that I've really enjoyed watching this year. Benny Barber. Mm-hmm. He's back. Scoring tries, which is great. He's back. It's great to see a long-distant Benny Barber try. He's um, good under the high ball too. Yeah, yeah, he's been good. Uh, Val Holmes. Ooh. He's just taken off. Two line breaks in his past two games. He's yeah. He's becoming one of those game-breaking players on yep. a week-to-week basis. So, he's got seven line-break schnaz. Only James Tedesco has had more with eight mm. this year. So, he, like that whole, oh, do, who do we play where? We've touched on it a mm. bit. I think it's working well. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't fault that. And a guy that's, you know, we, we've talked about, much maligned mm-hmm. player but is performing very well. Possibly the best prop in the league at the moment, Andrew Fafita. 
Yeah, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. I was one of those people that was critical of him. Yeah. But all the bad stuff in his game has mostly been uh, eradicated and yeah. he's just dominating. And it's he's as good as what he was in 2013, which was his breakout year. Yeah. And if he keeps playing that way, he's going to play for New South Wales, Australia. He's going to play wherever he wants. So, yeah. With uh, Aaron Woods out too, this is a big, big chance for him to cement... That, he that he could be any kind of athlete he wants. It's all about his headspace and it's about his discipline. And yep. the rest is uh, not a problem at all. He's good to go. So I would say he's been our best player all year, actually. Yeah. It would be interesting to see how the Canberra halves bounce back after last week um, at, back at home. They're set, you know, they, they performed well down there in round one. So it would be interesting to see how they come back. Now, Sunday... We have... Sunday Arvo, 4pm, Leichhardt Oval. West Tigers oh. v Storm. Yeah. And the Tigers have At Leichhardt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is going to be good. The Tigers have lost four straight, Schnaz. And you know what? They're going to lose Woods for another four to six straight games mm. with his ankle problems. And the question I pose to you and the Tigers fans out there can your team hold on over that time heading into Origin whilst Aaron Woods is away? Oh, I think the Tigers are going to be a team that sort of wins one, loses two kind of thing. And yeah. I don't know how consistent they're going to be. He's a massive loss for them. He's their best forward. Yeah. They have they have pretty good forwards, actually. But he, he he's their star player as far as the forwards go. It's lucky they got Tim Grant in the offseason. Yeah. Because they'd be... Uh, for... for, for Prop forwards, they would be a bit short. If their halves and Tedesco can dominate, like we know they can, then they can be playing finals footy and they can be doing anything they want. Yep. But they need to do that week in, week out. So if they perform to their best, those three players against Melbourne, then they're a strong chance winning that game at Leichhardt. But it's a matter of all three gelling at the same time. And I think the Storm are going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think they're going to be a very obviously a very defensive style this yeah. year and I think they're going to get Matt Grind they're going to be desperate for a win after Monday night we can't really say that since Robbie Farah's come back they've looked like the team they were the first few rounds uh, I I was having a look at some of the numbers and I don't think it's affecting the halves I don't know what's going on there because he is still distributing and making tackles I this is something that I would like to hear from Tigers fans like what they think about the Robbie Farah situation because I'm a bit either side of the fence with this one, Schnaz. I, I, I see what he's doing and I and I don't mind him being in the team. I just it's just a bit coincidental that the the halves have sort of the numbers have dropped. Let in me that tell time. you let me tell you about Rob Farah. Rob Farah is a club legend and people who love him as club Fanatics love him because of 2005 and a few more great years he's put in. Yep. He's a very selfish player, and I say that not in a overly negative term, but he, yep. he, he very much thinks that he can win the game and, and, and win the comp for them. Yep. But those years have passed, and he's not mm -hmm. that player anymore. And his decision-making, for me, is is not at the level it should be as a star hooker and and senior figure in the club. Yeah. So it comes to fifth tackle and rather than pushing for a try, he's always pushing for a repeat set and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That that's that's a legitimate play in the NRL this yeah. year. And with the with the guys that they've got who can score points, it's good to sort of grind I'll, it out. I'll tell you what right. sticks out for me, Brooks yeah. here. I think it was the weekend gone past. They've made a a line break and and they're on they're on the go they're 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 out twenty out from the opposition line tries tries coming either way you go left or right there's a player in the ruck in the defensive ruck and he's gone for the penalty he's sort of like hopped over him fallen over yeah. to get the ball away milking the penalty and the ref's gone no 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 and so he's lost all that dominance the defense has caught up and the situation's gone and that's just old school Robbie Farah. Not getting the calls. He's just yeah. not... Yeah, but he's not getting the calls, but the calls were never coming. Like, yeah. it's just... 
people he's very predictable is what I'm saying I've really sat on the fence about him um, over the few times we've talked about him on the podcast but yeah I I, I think it's time they've, they've got to if they're serious about this season they've got to nip it in the bud and, uh, and unless he just tones it down catches passes tackles which is he can do you know out of his skin yeah no one's saying he can't play yeah but this thing about Robbie being the playmaker and Robbie being the star of the team, that's yeah. that's gone. That's like 10 years ago. Yeah. So He's, I think he needs a reality check. And he, I thought he got it in the offseason. I thought yeah. he'd come back. Uh, it seems like the players get along with him. Like it doesn't seem there's any issues there as yeah. far as morale and everything. Yeah. They all love him. And, and, you know, you see them before and after games, they're hanging out and they're laughing and, and carry on. But I'm not a fan. And you can tell, but... I have a reason. Got to give the keys to Moses and Brooks to drive this team. Like, that's that's it. That's that's the thing. I, I don't mind him being there, and we've just touched that, but that has to be it. They, when they call for the ball, they get the ball. Last game of the round, Brooksy. Roosters v. Panthers. Another yeah. tasty little game, actually. Yeah. Monday, Monday Night Football. The Chooks are off the bottom of the ladder, or yeah. are they? They're still there? No, are they or. Okay, they are. They're there because the um, Knights had the draw against okay, Canberra. Okay, but they've so got their first win. They've got their first win, yeah. Bit of win behind them. Yeah. Now, what's looking good here for you, my friend? Again, I'm going to big up the outside backs for the Panthers. Dallin Wattin, Zalesniak and Josh Mansour have been enormous for them. Another 350 metres running game between them last week. They've been... They've been really good, and I they, and and we touched on it last week with how the games changed. You see them really as important. Then the pro, the new props, you know, they're going in and doing a lot of those early tackle hit ups for the for the Panthers, and and that's where some of their strength lies. I can't believe that all six of the Panthers games have been within eight points. Yeah, it shows that that they're not far away from having a. A streak, I reckon, you know, yeah. two or three wins in a row, and, and they're definitely improving, and Moylan returning has yeah. has helped that a lot. Mm. Yeah, we talked about the try they scored last week, and yeah. they just need to find their groove, I think. And finding that 17, I think we touched on that with um, Taylor and Peachy on the outer. Like, once they find that, that consistency, like what the the Broncos and the and the Cowboys have done, they once they work that 17 and really give it some then that's when it's going to be beneficial for them. Like, they're going to get the results. The, those close ones are going to swing their way. be interesting to see how the Roosters back up after they win, if they're hungry again for another one. Or... I think it's a chance to steal another win. And mm. and they're getting closer to that time where Jared Warrior Hargraves, Mitchell Pearce, Boyd Cordner come back. They did lose COCR. Tokiaho mm. during the week, four to six weeks. Mm. Big loss. With, with a knee injury. He's been one of their best performers in the forward pack, um, as well as Napa, as we mentioned uh, last week. And Latrell Mitchell, he's been really good. I, I'm really enjoying watching him play, Schnaz. I think this is an opportunity to uh, for him to have a really good game as well. Look, I, it's going to be a tough one uh, to pick. You know, the, the Panthers have been in these close games. They'll be looking to try and bounce of roosters but the roosters coming off a win and they're getting close to that date so where everyone comes back so i wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way what do you think oh thanks for that rookie <laughs> uh, I, I, as i said i'm not gonna tip because i just yeah. been off a bit and tip I, one what's okay let's let's look at the round who's your lock of the week i just said i'm not gonna tip or who's your shoe in of the week do you not listen to what i say my shoe in of the week is the Titans. Nah, I'm just kidding. No, nah, fair enough. No, 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 no. My shoe-in of the week is, I think, the Cowboys, actually, over the Rabbitohs. Against the Rabbitohs? Yeah, I mean, I'm not knocking the Rabbitohs. They're, you know, any team with GI is going to be hard, and, and, and Sandberg is going to be hard to beat, but I think the Cowboys at home just too good. I'm going to pick an upset this week. I'm just going to pick one. I'm going out there, and I want you to hammer me if it doesn't happen. I will. The Knights are going to beat the Broncos at Suncorp. We've now got that on recorded digital evidence, and I can bounce that back to you next week. We'll see how we go. Yep. Say you got a big job interview and you're a little nervous? Well, throw back a couple of shots of Hennigan's and you'll be as loose as a goose and ready to roll in no time. And because it's odorless, why, it'll be our little secret. A-T-double-N-R. Kramer. 
that'll do. Comes the end of another League Life episode, which I personally have loved doing. I would like you to tell all of our listeners how to get in touch with us on the social media, please. So we're on the Twitter. We're at League Life NRL. We're on Facebook, The League Life with Brooksy and Schnaz. We're on Instagram, again, the same as Twitter, at League Life NRL. Also, we are on SoundCloud and iTunes in terms of listening to the podcast. Schnaz, it's been great. I love this time of year. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Kobe Bryant. He'll be playing his last NBA game in a couple of days. And we're heading into the NBA playoffs the Stanley Cup Finals, Origins Around the Corner. It's just the best time of year in terms of sport for me. You should see my left arm going. It's like a train here. You start wearing shirts that resemble Sam Shinazzi. Exactly. Yeah, it's that time of year. It's just, I'm really looking forward to the the upcoming NBA playoffs and it's going to be interesting. I'll talk about NBA on my Twitter account. So if anyone wants to have a bit of banter over some of the games, the players, the freakish talents that are out there do so i'm at nathan underscore brooks uh who who are you tipping are you you going warriors spurs schnaz who do you who do you like i know you're a massive timberwolves fan I actually haven't followed it too close this yeah, year. I know. I'm stitching you up there. I know, I know, I know. But yeah, I so tell you what, the NHL, I'm surprised yeah. that uh, the Minnesota Wild are in there. Yeah. What about that? The, that's like the homeland of hockey in the US and mm. and it's good to see the Wild in there. They were the North Stars a few years ago, a They're few playing. decades ago. They've got Dallas, do they? Dallas, yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. But also, I forgot to give a shout-out to the EPL as well. Oh. Leicester City keep yeah. winning. This yeah. is an amazing story. It is. It'd be the equivalent of, what, Illawarra or the Gold Coast Giants coming back into the league and it then would. winning in the second year. Like, it's amazing. Good on Leicester. The Foxes are killing it. What a great time of year. Oh, look, I can see people winding us up now. I think here comes Gibbsy. Gibbsy wants a piece of you. <laughs> He's <laughs> the guy, Gibbsy. Have you been putting it out live, Schnaz, this week? Uh, Brooksy, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Our listeners appreciate it. We love and respect you, brother. And we will speak to you very shortly. Everyone, thanks for listening. My name is Sam Schnauzi. On behalf of Nathan Brooks, I will say, see you, see you later. Moses and bye for now. Mm